Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The following podcast contains explicit language. Michael Flynn, General Flynn, is a wonderful man. I think he's been treated very, very unfairly by the media as I call it, the fake media in many cases. I think in addition to that, uh, from intelligence, uh, papers are being leaked, things are being leaked. It's criminal action, criminal act. And it's been going on for a long time, before me. But now it's really going on. And people are trying to cover up for a terrible loss that the Democrats had under Hillary Clinton. I just said that I'm clear, Congressman. You do not believe that Russia meddled. I don't, I, don't, I don't know. I just don't think it's useful to be doing investigation after investigation, particularly of your own party. They just don't understand how he could have forgotten this conversation because it was the subject of pretty much an entire phone call. Hello and welcome to Trumpcast, the show about the man who likes to conduct foreign policy al fresco. Donald Trump. I'm Jacob Weisberg. We're doing a special emergency show today. It's about the Kremlin connection. That's the link between the Russian intelligence hack of the DNC and Donald Trump. We've been talking about this topic on the show since the summer. And in the past two days, a lot of new wires in the connection have been exposed. First, there was the Washington Post story about Michael Flynn's secret conversations with the Russian ambassador in Washington, in which Flynn reportedly encouraged Russia to not react to the sanctions the Obama administration was imposing in retaliation for the hack. That story led to Flynn's resignation as national security advisor. And then last night, kaboom, the New York Times reported that phone records and intercepted calls showed multiple Trump campaign officials in contact with multiple Russian intelligence officers before the election. Did Trump's campaign collude with the Kremlin to intervene in the presidential election? Inevitably, we're all now using our Watergate vocabulary. What did the president know and when did he know it? Will there be a special prosecutor or a select congressional committee or an independent counsel? What are the odds on impeachment? They're starting at four to one against, according to one of the Irish betting sites. Or is there possibly an innocent explanation for all of this? I'll be back to discuss it with former U.S. Ambassador to Russia, Michael McFall, right after we do the tweets. The 
the fake news media is going crazy with their conspiracy theories and blind hatred. MSNBC and CNN are unwatchable. Fox and Friends is great. The Russian connection nonsense is merely an attempt to cover up the many mistakes made in Hillary Clinton's losing campaign. Information is being illegally given to failing New York Times and Washington Post by the intelligence community, NSA and FBI, just like Russia. Crimea was taken by Russia during the Obama administration. Was Obama too soft on Russia? The real scandal here is that classified information is illegally given out by intelligence like candy. Very un-American. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm pleased to welcome back to the show Michael McFall. He's a former National Security Council official, and he was the United States ambassador to Russia from 2012 to 2014. Mike, thanks for speaking to me. Sure. Glad to be back. I don't even know where to start. You know, we've, we've, got, the, we've got the Flynn story, and we've got the story the New York Times broke last night, which CNN has also reported on, saying reporting that there was extensive contact between the Trump campaign and Russian intelligence officials. You know, I'm wary, as I'm sure you are, of jumping to conclusions and and hearing what we want to hear now. Can you give me a benign, a possible benign explanation for this? Is there a, a version of this that looks bad from the outside, but in fact would not be that bad? Well, there is, uh, but there's also a very sinister interpretation. And, you know, uh, taking off my government ambassadorial hat and putting on my social science Stanford hat, the only way we're going to know that is to gather data and to actually test some of these hypotheses with data. But the benign uh, explanation is the following. Uh, Mr. Manafort, for instance, uh, has been working in that part of the world. You know, his client was a, uh, a client of Putin, so they shared a client, uh, President Yanukovych. And uh, to do that job, he has developed relationships with Russians and was in touch with them from time to time, just chit-chatting, uh, just like I chit-chat with Russians from time to time uh, using a telephone. The difference, however, uh, and a piece of information that we may not know, the benign part, is that he may not have known that he was talking to Russian intelligence officers. And on that, he, he, I'm sympathetic to that claim because uh, he's right. They don't walk around with badges saying, I work for the FSB, I work for the SVR. So that would be the benign interpretation 
and that the content of their conversations, although there were multiple conversations, according to the New York Times, but the content was just kind of, you know, general update on how the election is going and not the coordination of what other Russian intelligence officers were involved in. That was the stealing of data from the DNC and then publishing it in a way to impact the outcome of our election. Right. And a flurry of calls around the time of the hack, uh, which might have been just Manafort or might have been some other Trump campaign people as well, could be coincidental or it could have been, well, what could it have been? Well, again, it could, you know, this is, we're in a data-free conversation right now, right? Because right? right. I don't know the facts, but um, it could have been uh, they read about the revelations just like the rest of us did, and they were using their contacts in Russia to find out if they knew anything in particular about what the truth would be. And if you're running a campaign, you know, you want to know what's coming down the road, if there's going to be some explosion of information that's going to inadvertently affect your candidate, I, th- I think it's reasonable to assume you might want to try to call your Russia friends to find out about that. I mean, the other big story in the last couple of days was CNN saying that it had confirmed some of what was in the leaked dossier, the one compiled by the former MI6 official Christopher Steele, particularly about the contacts between the Trump campaign and Russian intelligence. And what they said that the intelligence had confirmed was that these meetings or these not necessarily physical meetings, but these contacts took place. I mean, is that essentially the same thing as the New York Times, what the New York Times reported yesterday? I think that's right. I think it's the same thing. And, and you know, we, we did the benign story. So I want to do the sinister story, too, to remind your listeners that this is highly unusual. This is not business as usual for campaign officials to be talking to Russian intelligence officers during a presidential election. That, there's, that already is unusual. And let's just remember, for the first time in American history, to the, to the best of my knowledge, a foreign government um, used, you know, some very sophisticated technology to steal data from one of the candidates, from one of the parties, and then published it to um, help the other candidate, candidate Trump. That's crazy. And, and I'm frankly shocked that the American people are not more concerned about that because we've done nothing so far to prevent that from happening again in 2020. Zero. We've done nothing. And then now we add another layer that the same – well, we don't know they're the same. That's important. But Russian intelligence in parallel to that incredible act from last year were also in conversation with the Trump campaign. We don't know what they talked about, and and most certainly we don't know if they coordinated, but we need to know that. I mean, I think, you know, that that is a plausible hypothesis that needs to be refuted uh, because the circumstantial evidence looks pretty overwhelming. And then we have a a, a separate or is it a separate track with the former national security advisor, Michael Flynn, who, who resigned over these conversations with the the Russian ambassador in Washington that he apparently lied about. But it's the substance of those conversations, which were about how the Russians were going to react to the sanctions that the Obama administration was opposing in uh, its last days in response to that hack. That's really at issue. I mean, do you think are these things connected or are they separate? Uh, Again, I don't know. 
that's why I want to have an independent commission that investigate all this with resources to do it properly. I would say a couple of things, however, I think to add to it. So one, that phone call between General Flynn and Ambassador Kislyak was not their first point of contact. Uh, we now know that they had uh, uh, many contacts, so um, uh, we don't know what the content of those other contacts were. Second, you know, as I read this story, I, I worked in a transition for the Obama transition, and I was the Russia guy in that transition. And what strikes me is just odd or maybe sloppy or poor judgment are two or three things. One, of course, General Flynn should have known that that conversation was being recorded. He worked in intelligence, after all, for most of his career. Second, uh, we do have this norm of one president at a time. Uh, I think it's a good norm. Uh, we had no contact with government officials during our transition. Uh, we waited until January 20th. And third, you know, th there would have been, I think, way more subtle ways to express what he did. And again, we don't know the content. I want to keep coming back to that. I don't know what he actually said. I only know what the Washington Post reported that he said based on our intelligence folks telling them that, right? But it was only a few weeks until he would have been sitting at the White House making that call. And I just think that was poor judgment. Like, why, why bother? Um, and then, of course, the biggest lapse in judgment was not uh, being totally straight and honest with one of the elected officials, the vice president, uh, you, you just can't do that. I mean, he works, we used to work, you know, 400 feet down the hallway uh, there in the West Wing. It's very crowded. The halls are very small. Uh, you can't do that uh, and, and expect to stay in that job for very long. And one of the things we don't know is whether President Trump knew exactly what Flynn was doing or in some way didn't know. We don't know that. Uh, that's right. So, Mike, this is all coming out in the form of intelligence leaks. These kinds of leaks aren't the norm either. I mean, they're quite yes. extraordinary, you know, things coming Correct. from the NSA. Why do you think this is happening right now or why are these leaks happening right now? Well, first, I want to say uh, I am nervous about that. I, I'm troubled by it. On the one hand, I see leaks that are, are leading to what I think is the national interest. On the other hand, leaking classified information, especially at the rate and pace uh, and, uh, you know, depth. I think the Washington Post piece reported on nine different sources, right? That's, that's not good. The, you know, the government can't perform that way. And, you know, I read lots of classified information when I was in the government for five years. I was scared to death that I might have inadvertently, uh, you know, talking to people like you, <laughs> you know, might have uh, inadvertently said something I shouldn't. And I just hope that we can clean that up because that's not good for the national interest either. But there's a reason why it's happening. I mean, one possibility is that they're worried about the new management. That is that when Correct. Jeff Sessions takes over the Justice Department and Trump has his people in charge, that there'll be a cover-up, that, that they won't be yeah. able to get this stuff out. Do you think that's what's happening? I mean, you're, you know, based on your experience in government, there is a certain haste and urgency to this stuff pouring out right now. I mean, it's not – journalists are working pretty hard, but they didn't just become superhuman journalists. I mean, people are <laughs> yeah, giving right. them this stuff for a reason. 
I, I think that's right. And I would just remind everybody that all of these sources that are leaking like they are right now, most of them all worked eight years in the Obama administration, and you never had this kind of leakage at that point. I would also remind your listeners that um, President-elect Trump chose to call uh, a lot of these people so-called intelligence, said some incredibly insulting things about the CIA. He said he committed uh, them to Nazis. Yeah, he compared them to Nazis. I'd call that insulting. That's pretty insulting. That's pretty insulting. And, uh, you know, I worked with a lot of these people very closely when I was in the government, both at the White House and Moscow. These are dedicated, patriotic Americans, sometimes risking their lives, doing very dangerous work uh, in defense of our security. They shouldn't be treated any differently than we treat our soldiers or our diplomats. And that did not go over well. So, you know, maybe this is their their moment of revenge. But I don't I actually don't think it's revenge. I think it's your point, Jacob, which is they uh, have seen this concerning intelligence and they're now in a race to get it out before it might be too late. So it's kind of a cry for help. And the the help that it's a cry for is what you were talking about at the earlier in the show, which is some kind of genuinely independent investigation. Presumably, that's what the people leaking this want. So this can be examined, not in the court of CNN, but by some politically independent panel. I mean, number one, that's what I believe strongly. But two, I do think they're doing that to try to get us to that. And remember, it kind of depends on the way it's set up on what the rules of the game are. But but right now what's going on is people in the intelligence uh, community are taking giant risks. I mean, risks that, that will send them to jail to interact with these journalists. Right. I mean, it's a felony, right, to leak this kind of yes. information. Yes. Yeah. Serious. Uh, it's very serious stuff. If a commission gets set up, then they have subpoena power, then they can testify. And I think it just, A, we'll learn a lot more because of that, right? So, I mean, we just, there's so many pieces of the story we don't know, right? We don't know the content of these connections. We don't, the, the, the number of them, we don't know what they talked about. We don't know who was even talking. A lot of, you know, some names have been put out, others haven't. Uh, for me, I would like to know which Russian intelligence officials are on the other side of these calls, because those are people I, I used to follow and know I, I need to know for my job. So that would tell me about the level of of involvement of Putin himself, uh, by the way, a former intelligence officer himself. So that all, I think, could be done in a more comprehensive and, and proper way with a with an independent commission. And I don't want to take anything away from the journalists who've done this. I mean, fantastic work, but your point is a good one. They were working on these kind of stories before, and this stuff did not come out. And in particular, you know, as I read that headline today, um, you know, on, in the New York Times, I wondered why did that story not get written before the election? And would, would that headline have had an impact on the outcome of our presidential election? Uh, my guess is yes. Well, amazingly, the, the the investigation that was revealed was the, the Comey revelation about the Hillary Clinton investigation it turned out to be yeah. absolutely nothing about the Anthony Weiner emails. And what, meanwhile, they were sitting on this. So the the asymmetry or the unfairness of those two things, the one happening, the wrong thing happened. I mean, in terms of what was imp- what now yeah. looks like it was actually important. Uh, yes. I mean, shockingly so. And somebody needs to be accountable for that at some point. 
at least saying I made a mistake because uh, it's it, again seeing it today the, the jarringness of those two words Russian intelligence being in, in touch with the Trump campaign that seems like that, that should have been something the American voters should have known. How do we get the kind of investigation that we need that you think would be fair? I mean, there are lots of different kinds of investigations. There's a House and Senate Intelligence Committee. Each of them can investigate. Republicans, some of them seem to be maybe starting to edge around to the idea that there needs to be some kind of investigation. But a 9-11 commission or a select committee or a special prosecutor, there are lots of ways to go here. Which do you think is the right way to go and how do we get it? Well, I'm not an expert in these things, but I've been convinced by other people that the 9-11-like commission is the right way to go. Uh, Fully resourced, fully independent, uh, with lots of powers to subpoena, gather intelligence, and um, and I, by the way, I don't, I don't, don't want to exactly, I don't want to equate what happened tragically on September 11th, 2001, with this Russian interference in our election, but the sovereignty of our free and fair elections, you know, our ability to elect our own leaders independent of foreign governments is a pretty serious issue for national security and for our democracy. And I think it therefore demands a, a similar kind of investigation. How do we get there is a much harder question. I've talked to some very senior uh, people on the leadership on the Democratic side. I would remind you that uh, it wasn't so easy to get the 9-11 Commission set up, by the way. That was, a, that was a political fight as well. I think we get there with more kinds of stories like we had in the New York Times today, where it just becomes impossible for Republican leaders to say, well, you know, let's just get on with it. You know, the story is closed. Um, but I don't I don't have a prediction about uh, whether that'll whether that'll take place. But Trump's going to fight this kicking and screaming. I mean, he thinks the investigation should be into the leaking. You know, he'll he'll tr- he'll actively first try to prevent a commission from being created and then do everything he can to impede a commission if one were created. Uh, that's my fear as well. Although at some point, as he thinks about what's going on now, I mean, this has been let me put my diplomatic hat on. This has been a, a rocky start, <laughs> to put it mildly. Uh, I mean, just total chaos. I mean, you know, his national security advisor, one of arguably maybe one of, if not the most important appointment that the president, a president of the United States makes, has already been removed after three weeks. You know, all those journalists you're talking about, they're not going to shut down just because Senator McConnell said, well, we, we need to move on. And, you know, in a way, I think it may serve the president's interest to put it off to the side. Most of the people, I think, reading in, in tea leaves in the, the New York Times piece today are not part of his administration. They were part of his campaign. One of them he fired, by the way, Paul Manafort. So why not put it off to the side and, and then, you know, he doesn't have to deal with it and maybe add, you know, as part of their mandate to look into the leaking. I mean, I, I think that would be appropriate. And so maybe that's a, a compromise place. And, and I know that's more hope than analysis. But but at this, a certain point, I mean, just 
we have to know the facts. We just have to know what actually happened. If anybody is ever going to believe in the integrity of our elections moving forward, because my concern is we roll around to the next presidential election. By the way, there should be no reason that Republicans should assume that the Russians, if they're going to be intervening again, will be on their side. That is a, a, a giant assumption that, that I think could, could be opposite, depending on the politics of, of the next presidential election. And and people are just going to be suspicious. And that's not good for our democracy. That's not good for the integrity of our political system. Meanwhile, the, the lesson the Kremlin seems to be learning is you can intervene in a democratic election in another country and get away with it. And there are indications that that's not, they're poised to do the same thing in the French election, in the German election. I mean, this is not just an American problem. Correct. It's not. Uh, uh, by all accounts, they're gearing up. Uh, and by all accounts, uh, the French and the Germans are nervous about it. And um, they think that this instrument of, of power is working. They think, and I agree with them on this, that they got off pretty lightly uh, in terms of sanctions from the Obama administration. And they're not going to stop until there is a cost uh, associated with doing this kind of activity. That I'm sure of. What is it? You know, there there have been some some indications of a kind of cover up in Russia after the dossier. There was this one guy who was murdered in his car yeah. and these two other intelligence agents were sort of sent to Siberia without any kind of uh, public appearance. I mean, do you think they're they're burying the evidence on their side? Uh, I don't know. Obviously, these are very difficult things to know, even when you're on the other side and can read classified information. Oftentimes, these things happen and they look like they were related when I was in the government and they weren't. They were just, you know, correlation without causation. Having said that, the way I read it is this is probably part of the cleanup of our penetration of their intelligence services. That's how we knew the story, right? And um, again, I'm speculating there, but that's that's what it felt like uh, as I remember other similar kinds of instances like this when I was in the government. I've been speaking to Mike McFall. He's the former U.S. ambassador to Russia. Mike, thanks for joining me on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. That's it for today's show. Termcast was produced by Jason DeLeon. Steve Lichtai is the executive producer of Slate Podcasts, and Andy Bowers is the chief content officer of the Panoply Network. And John D. Domenico is our voice of Donald Trump. I'm Jacob Weisberg. Thanks for listening to Trumpcast. I am so tired of these leaks inside the intelligence community. It's very obvious to me that these people are terrible people, the terrible people. I stood at the CIA, and I was a hit. I was a hit. They were applauding. They were laughing. We were having a great time together. We were having a great time together. And now to know that they are operating behind my back, I have to tell you, very disappointed. I don't like this. I don't like this. And we are going to be making some big changes in the intelligence community, which, by the way, is a horrible, horrible Term. Intelligence community? No, I don't think so. It's the leaking community. They leak things. And that's not intelligence. That's leaking. Big, big difference, I have to tell you.
It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.